0: It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Fucked Up with Sam Buck. Fucked
1: up. Nay fucked up. Nay fucked up. Nay fucked up. Now you have
0: fucked up. Yo, God bless you, brother. God bless you. And enjoy yourself, and take your time, please, and just take care of yourself, for real.
1: I appreciate that. That's what I'm trying to do. That's kind of why I started this podcast. And uh that's why I guess we'll start now. Thank you UFO Fee for being on, man. I'm like I've been a real big fan for a long time, so I appreciate you talking.
0: All day, man. Thank you for having me. Go love.
1: Of course. You had a great 2020, and that's why I wanted to talk to you is cuz like you made shit happen like not many artists did. And you had one of the best 2020s uh, musically. I don't know how how your personal life was. It seemed great from the beginning, but yeah,
0: yeah. Nah, I mean, my personal life for 2020, um, I didn't I'm super thankful because, you know, I didn't take too many losses and, um, you know, I lost a couple of people through the pen, uh, through the quarantine. Obviously, everybody did know somebody that was affected by what was going on or, um family members suffered or stuff like that. We definitely went through that. But um, for the most part, we bounced back. We didn't go through too much uh, struggle. And um, it was more so, um, I think quarantine and this whole stuff just kind of brought an opportunity to get to, you see, I learned one thing. Um, I don't mean to uh, jump off track too much, but I learned that as artists or, or just everyday working people, we don't tend to spend a lot of time with our family as we may think we do. Um, the average day is 24 hours in a day. You sleep in about six to eight of them. You're working for another eight. That's already 16 hours right there and um, with with some time with with an hour or two between transportation to get home from where you're coming from or whatever you're doing, it really leaves you with like three hours in the house. You know what I'm saying? So you really only actually spend about three hours with the people you love throughout an entire day. Um, and as I was traveling with Fat Joe and and starting to separate from my family, um I was doing that for five months. So when the pandemic sat us down and um, quarantine came, I kind of learned that um, I really didn't, uh, I wasn't prepared to sit home and get, be around my family as much as I had to because I was so used to getting up and bouncing around. So when I had to homeschool and um, be a full-time dad, it was kind of like, thankfully, thankfully there was nothing else going on because it was so overwhelming that I don't know how, you know, most people got through it. So, yeah, it kind of taught me, like, to be um be thankful, man, and be patient more so because it was very hard in the beginning. You know what I'm mean? saying?
1: Well, that – yes, I do. And it see it shows that, you know, it is like a shell shock when you're out and you're doing shit, and then you just have to, like, sit home and realize, you know, you didn't realize what was actually going on around you, you know? Right, right. But you, even with that, you still were able to put out more work than you know you ever had. Like you put yes, out three albums.
0: Yes, sir. That was um that was by fate, man. You know, the good Lord um allowed me the opportunity to actually put the music out because I'm such a um uh I'm I like to study. I, I'm a I'm a critical thinker. So um a lot of my music that I sit on, I don't sit on it for any other reason as opposed to just trying to make sure it's stuff that fits the time, you know, because um mm-hmm. m- um music to me, when I create music, it's a divine, it's a divine thing, it's a divine creation and it has to hit when you create music with a message or a substance, it has to have its place in the world. So it can't just um come out on a Wednesday because we want to drop it on a Wednesday. For some reason, everything for always has to feel right. You know what I'm saying? So like fresh air. When I did fresh air with Static, we've had we had that in the tuck We dropped it in February of 2020, and then pandemic happened. So it just fit the t- the time of it being like we need fresh air. This sh- this shit is yeah. bad in outside. We didn't plan that. The title came because I just felt like what well, and Cause I had played the project for a few people, and they were like, "Damn, man, you," um, Static was like the first time I actually uh, sat with the producer of that caliber. So, um, a lot of people, a few people, were telling me that I, it sounded like Fresh Air, like to hear me produced, sounded like yo, you sounding good. It sounds like Fresh Air. So that kind of was like the ongoing theme of me playing this. So I was like, "Yo, Static, we should call it Fresh Air, man." And he was like, "Yeah, I love it." And then when it drops, we have this virus go, this pandemic, and you can't really be outside breathing regular air. Everybody got a mask on. We don't know what's going on. We think it's airborne. Everybody's outside with gloves and spraying everything down. So people like, "Yo, fresh air," but it really just, like I said, God um, twenty vision twenty hindsight is always twenty twenty, and things line up. So that's how the projects came about. Um, They were already being worked on, and I just seen my opportunity, my time to strike. Like, yo, I know there's not going to be too many people doing too much things, and I got all this dope stuff. So I dropped the fentanyl flow with Fat Joe, nightclubs with Spice, um, the projects, the styles piece. It was just like all this stuff that we were already like had in the trick bag, but I was able to present to the world at the right time.
1: Well, you talk about, you say, even in your reps, you even say like, you're spiritual, you're not religious, but I, I'm the same way. And I call those omens, like, like, you know what I mean? Like the universe gives you omens. And if you don't follow that, then you're never going to get anywhere.
0: You get, you get cursed. Um, you know, that's, uh, we can revert back to the, to the great book. One of my favorites, the alchemist by Paolo Cohen, man. He that's, that's, that's
1: the, that book changed my life. It really that's did
0: Changed my life as well, brother. That's one of the excerpts. If you, if you avoid your blessings, they become curses and always keep your eye open for the omens. You know what I'm saying? There's always an omen everywhere. Even when Santiago worked in the glass shop and it was time for him to move forward. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's always, in the is always in, in the in the universe. And so that's what pretty much you hit it on the head. But I'm trying to keep my eye open for its t- omens.
1: That's crazy. Like you, you're the first guest that knows that book. And I feel like it's, I guess, a semi-popular book, but that book changed my life. And that's why it's like every day is important. Like I can't waste any days. There's no wasted days. And the second you start wasting days is when you miss those omens and they turn that's to work. curses.
0: That book definitely changed my life. When I, I read a book, I don't know, man. I know that book inside out because it's such. I, I don't like. It's it's right up there with the Bible, man.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: parallel to all the great religious books that have been written. Being that it's not a religious book, but it's a spiritual God. You know how'd you how
1: did you get into like what was your first encounter with spirituality? um like when did you realize that
0: around your age man around my early 20s mid-20s I was dealing with a lot of depression and um being in the streets um just seeing a lot of stuff that that causes trauma and not knowing how to deal with it um I really thought I wasn't going to live you know I dealt with something that's real, man, because I was in the streets and um, I used to go out of town and hustle and stuff. And I used to think I was, wasn't just gonna, like, it wasn't gonna be a, I wasn't gonna see myself become successful. That's how I used to think like, yo, whatever it is, it don't even matter because the way we moving is not gonna last long. So I always had that in my back of my mind. So I was always depressed about it. Like shit, man, like, any given moment could be that moment, and um, I remember I was 27 and I was in Indiana um, hustling, man. And I just had a uh, a friend of mine broke down. He had a breakdown with me from um, he was in a New Yorker with me out there, and he broke down, man. And he was an older guy, so when I seen him broke that break down, it kind of like I had to be there for him. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of like um that moment right there matured me. It made me feel like there was um, purpose. Like, yo man, like, because I'm telling him this, he broke down being depressed and he just couldn't take it no more. So, um, you know, as he's crying and he's bawling and a grown man, man, I'm I'm trying to hold him up together and I'm talking to him and I'm filling myself with the same word. I guess the Lord put him there for me to hear what I needed to hear myself say as opposed to someone else telling it to me you know what I'm saying so I'm trying to help him and as I'm saying all these things I'm just hearing it like yo man you you know give up like stop trying to control everything you know because that's kind of what I was telling him like don't be so hard on yourself just um you're a grown man like don't worry about all that's going on out there and everything you can't handle like and as I'm saying that shit, the drive back from New York to from Indiana to New York on the I-10, man, I stood up the whole ride by myself because he left me. He broke down. He jumped back on the bus, came to New York. He couldn't handle it. Man. And um, I had to drive back by myself, man. And while I'm driving back, I stood up. the. It's like a 10, 11 hour drive. I made it back in like seven and a half, eight hours because I was so in tune with myself. I'm stayed up. I'm talking to myself the whole trip, man. And I came back and I just, on that trip, I said, I'm leaving my life in, in, the, in the Lord's hands. However he wants to do it in the best positive way, I'm going to put out the best energy and I'm going to stop being a, a bad, um, not a bad energy, but a, a shell, more or less. Somebody who's not on either side. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to pick a side. And I picked a side, man, and I kind of, um I'm not, my grandma was religious and stuff. They were Pentecostal. My grandmom's raised, um was heavy into, she raised me, she was heavy Pentecostal, but I was never, I ain't like the church and stuff. So um yeah, man, I just started after I made it back at 27 from Indianapolis, man, that was the last time I really dealt with anything out of town. And I just was like, yo, you know what? I'm gonna let, I'm gonna do music. I'm gonna do something positive. And I'm gonna try to let the Lord guide me. And um, I also broke down myself and I made a you know, I asked whoever's up there, man, my ancestors, my people that's up there, like, yo, man, if y'all, if if I put positive imagery in my music and I spread the gospel, you have to help me. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to help me spread it because I don't wanna be one of these people that's out here. Like, I'm still gonna talk that street shit. I'm I'm gonna wanna be the best rapper, but I'm gonna put the message of the light in my music, but you gotta help me though. And from there, man, things started taking off. You know what I'm saying? I put my hands in the the universe's, my life in the universe's hands. I started reading more books like The Alchemist, like 1984, The Old Man in the Sea, um, Fahrenheit 451, things that were just guiding me towards all those books are men struggling with themselves. From the alchemist, you know, um, you got 1984, he's struggling with with, you know, the government, everything going on, the old man in the sea, he's struggling with not being able to catch any fish amongst all the new fishermen, the young fishermen. He's an older fisherman, you know what I'm saying? And so as I'm reading all these books, they all guided me as a man and and and, and um, I'm learning like man always has trouble, you know what I'm saying? Whether young, old, middle, you're always going to find a new level. And every time we need it, we hit a new level, we start at the bottom of that level. You know
1: yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's really, I heard Kevin Hart once say like life's like, he thinks of it as a video game. Like once you get to the end of the level, you have to move on to the next one and you start zero and it's true you know, and it's also, right. you're the only one holding yourself. Like, whenever I think of any problem I have, or like, I used to be a very angry person. You know, you're just angry at the world, angry things that you went through, and you take it out, and you realize you're just angry at yourself. Like, you, you see, like you know, in the alchemist, once you just, or as you say, like when you put your hand, your heart and your brain and yourself in God's hands, and not even in a religious way for people, just in a way of the universe is going to take care of you, then it does. And you start seeing those omens and the curses go away. Cause like, you can hold yourself back for your whole life. You see people who hold themselves back their whole lives.
0: You're absolutely right, man. Mind you, when we say God, I'm a firm believer in God and, and I don't have no uh, hesitation to, to say God or believe or mention God, but I understand some people might not have those same beliefs and I want to show respect to those people because although what I believe in is what I believe in, you still allowed to believe what you're allowed to believe in. So when we say not on, the spirit, on a religious level, we mean it to those who are just have their beliefs but might feel the same way and not know that they're parallel. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to be religious to believe in something and you don't have to believe in God to believe that the universe is real. You know, you're free to choose whichever one you want to believe, but they're all parallel. They're all in sync with each other. You know?
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. That's like, that's a great way of, I've never like, you know, Heard it that way put out and it's true because you can't explain it to some people because you try to in the beginning when I first found, you know, realized that I could ask the universe or look out for to the universe for help. And then I tried to explain it to people and they never understood it because everyone's on their own their own journey, you know, and people even listening now, like this isn't the conversation I meant to get into in the beginning, but it's an important one, you know, and it's, people are going to be like, what's going on, but it's true. If you just let the universe guide you, it'll help when you. believers link
0: up, when believers link up, this is the conversations they have. This is the energy. This is the what the universe wants. People, you choose not to hear it. You could be ignorant. Now being ignorant doesn't mean you're dumb or you're stupid or anything less of of a person you're actually the root word and ignorant is ignore you're just choosing to ignore that doesn't make you uh now what does that make you that's your choice you know in this world you choose to ignore um you're pretty much part of the 85 percent that the sheep the cattle you know what i'm saying um we just awake over here we are, we we feel we conscious we living in the moment, you know what I'm saying? I put my feet in dirt, I like to sit in the sun, I like to go in water, you know what I'm saying? I enjoy uh driving fast in the car and the air blowing in my face, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm present, I'm not of this planet and I don't belong here, like I'm here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I have to acknowledge everything that's here too. The creator, my creator, my mom, my dad, you know, everything that's that's manifested to put me here you have to acknowledge it and respect it. So um, although people choose to not understand, they just choose to ignore them, man. And one day they're going to be forced to understand. And it comes a situation where you have to pick a side eventually. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah. some people get through it better than others.
1: You see people ruin themselves just so they don't have to make that decision. And it's, it's really, it's... You try to help them, but then you realize that they're on their own path and you can't talk someone out of that, you know?
0: It's like the book of Eli. You got to keep your eyes straight. You're going to see a bunch of shit on this journey that might morph. you might see a woman being mugged. You might see a kid getting bullied. So everything ain't for you to stop. You, sometimes you have to keep going, man, because that's going to happen anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With you there or not, your journey is your journey. You have to deliver what? That package that was given to you, that's your job to get that shit to where it gotta go, no matter what. Nobody wanna hear what happened on the journal. You can show up shirt, tatted, hair all on. As long as you got that package there, you're good. And that's part of the journey, man.
1: Man, you may I gotta go watch that movie tonight. <laughs> Again. <laughs> and my subvention fucking...
0: was ill in that movie, man, is that he's blind through the whole movie.
1: Yeah, but so, he knows. He's, you got, you know, he's following his yes. Yeah,
0: you got it by God. He's always one of the footsteps in the sand, and that's how I feel about my journey. It's like things don't always go. I could be, you know, I close my eyes, man. It's gonna, I'm gonna still hit the target. You know, that if you could shoot a three pointer, saying with your eyes closed and you still hit the rim, that's a pretty good shot, man. You know, what yeah. I'm saying another person is gonna throw that shit over the <laughs> out the pop type shit. So.
1: You know where you're going, yeah. You did you always have this, like, that <laughs> did you always have this, like, calling for, like, something more? Like, even before that drive from Indiana, did you have, like, you wanted to give the give the world something, like, whether it be music? Or you said, you even said uh, you wrote poetry before music. Yeah,
0: we were, um, I was introduced through uh, poetry in, 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 uh, you know, grade school, I was writing stanzas and um, learning how to write synopsis and all those those uh, soliloquies and everything. You know what I'm saying? I uh, was uh, yeah. learning about all that stuff. I had a teacher who was, um she was amazing. You know what I'm saying? And she was an art teacher. I can't recall her name, but she's beautiful. God bless her. Um, I'm a firm advocate for teachers, man. I think teachers should be paid just as much as an athlete you know what i'm saying i think policemen teachers i think a big part of the problem in america with police is that they paid so little if you was to give them if an officer wasn't getting paid thirty thousand, 000 a year he was making eighty thousand a year i think he'd take his job a little more serious you know i think he'd yeah. be a little more hesitant to do some something to lose that opportunity you know what i'm saying so
1: he's mad at the world that he's not getting enough so he's going to take it out on people. You see, Yeah. Uh,
0: Let's take the scenario of a white officer who's been working 15 years on the force and his top pay right now is 70000 75000 He's a detective at NYC. He's working in all the lower income communities and he has to go police a 23-year-old kid who's driving a 650 BMW, selling pounds of marijuana, distributing drugs, whatever he's doing, uh, blue collar crimes, whatever it is the kid, the young kid is doing, or they think he's doing whatever the kid could be doing something positive but if you naturally just see the kid pulling up in a 645 or a Range Rover or he's jumping out with a Mary jeans on and he got his big chain on and you policing this person you're not going to approach him politely the respect is not there because you don't respect them you don't think he deserves those things you don't think this kid deserves to be hopping out and from in a 650 in front of the projects because he hasn't worked hard in your eyes because you've been working this cop has been working 15 years work trip how many shifts you know what I'm saying just to put his family yeah. in, his, in the in a home and he don't get shit so
1: yeah, but it's ignorance of- he's not he's mad at the he's mad at the kid instead of the the uh, the system that's put him in this shitty situation you
0: feel me so when he deals with the kid he's not going to get a kid respect you know, he's not gonna approach the person with respect, let alone grown men. I've seen police approach grown men with disrespect. You know what I'm saying? So it's like seen police approach somebody like Fat Joe with disrespect, or just uncle uh, my uncle, just grown men with disrespect, me with disrespect. So maybe if these guys had better pay, maybe if a teacher had better pay, your students would be getting better. You know, I'm a firm advocate for, for, I think we got it upside down. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of our problem is that we base uh, monetary things as value. And the people who hold those values are not the people who are leading. They're the people who are just here to entertain. So we follow entertainers. Therefore, we have a world of entertainers. A president was just an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? Because we based on entertainment. It's hard for people to be bored nowadays. People don't even want to watch their kids no more. They on Instagram and your kid might be doing something and then the parent is screaming at the kid, yo, stop, stop. Really, the kid is just doing what a kid do. It's just you don't want to be bothered because you're on your phone or, you you know what I'm saying? You zoned out. So um, back to the main question. Um, before, no, I, I don't think I had any, I knew I knew it was fucked up. Excuse my language. You know what I'm saying. I always knew like this
1: you can say whatever funny.
0: you want. <laughs> I always knew like it was messed up, man, You know what I'm saying. Like yo, this is crazy. Yeah. But I, I didn't know. I didn't always have this spark in me or the drive to be. Um, I didn't grow up in a community with um bright. You know, we wasn't no bright minds, man. We didn't grow up. My um, a lot of my friends weren't into reading. No, they didn't care about none of that. Um, my dad. Was like the neighborhood that, you know, I was probably one of the few who had their dad. And um, my dad was tough, you know. My dad was a, um, a a clean street dude. He was, you know, he was a street dude, but yet he was still like professional. You know, my dad always like folded his legs, answered the phone like "Good morning," you know what I'm saying? Like he always yes. carried himself like a businessman in the neighbor, even in the streets. So. Um, when he was doing music, he was professional. When he went to the streets, he was professional. In the house, he was always professional. Summertime, um, yo, come upstairs. You know, Yo, you, I've been outside a little while. Yo, come upstairs. You got to read a book and do a book report. Um, you know, middle of the Saturday afternoon, four o'clock, you know, go upstairs and go read a book. You come back outside once you're done. And my friends, I'll come back and they'll be laughing, like, how was that book? you know what I'm saying? You know, and I'll be like, damn, man, I had to write a book report. You know, just on the Saturday. That's the kind of person my dad was, always keeping my um sore sharp, you know, testing me as a as a young man, yo, you did you know, seven times three, you know what I'm saying? Like.
1: And, and always, you don't realize the help that gives you later in the moment. You're like, what the, the what is this? Super
0: yeah. Your kid, I see it with my daughter. Now I try to make Penelope, I don't, I sit her down and she'll get into it as she gets into it. But if she's on her tablet, I'd be like, yo, Penny, you've been on your tablet enough, man. Let's get up and do some reading. she'll be like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Or, yep. yo, before you could play pen, we got to do some drawing, you know, we got to do it. And she'll be like, but in the long run, man, it made me, you know, made me a better writer, made me a better MC. I'm here with you today because of the music I make, which is because of the books I was reading and the books report I was writing and the stuff I had to do and my father giving me a list of words and having to look them up, write and use them in a sentence, just keeping me sharp. And that's what kind of helped. So um, I always had discipline and I always had knowledge, but I didn't always have knowledge itself. I grew up in an ignorant environment and we didn't really have on the five percenters around us like that. It was just straight like drugs and street shit, my projects, you know, straight project shit. That's why it kind of shocked me to see when I was growing up the change. You know what I'm saying? I thought everybody was like us. You know what I'm saying? I was ignorant. So as I my dad started putting me in different schools and I would meet asian kids i would meet you know what i'm saying the golf kids i went upstate for a year i was hanging out with you know i seen the difference between the football players and the scholars and the kids so i was like oh shit this is different so when i came
1: back I was, it's important i got a scholarship to an international high school and learning about different cultures at the early it it really does it's important and you don't realize it till later you like You don't, none of that stuff. You just, but if you even are following it at an early age, you realize that those are all omens. You just don't know, you don't have the words to put it yet, you know?
0: That's amazing, Sam, because you don't know that all those things you collect, like you mentioned Kevin Hart in the video game, you really collecting those things for later stages that they're really gonna help you and you don't know it. You know, you like, there's a reason you got. I got. I'm gonna use myself. There's a reason I got put in French in 10th grade as opposed to Spanish. Later in my life, I'm start meeting. I'm the little bit of French I know helped me make friends. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to you know, I remember that day getting my schedule, and I'm like, French. Like, yeah. why y'all put me in Spanish? I remember telling my guidance counselor, like, why well, I'm not in Spanish? And she's like, Why well, you need to learn Spanish? You. Sp- you already know Spanish. Go to French. And I was like, and the French class being like four kids, and the teacher was just some super cool French older dude, and I didn't understand him. Mr. Pasquale at the time, he was super cool, and the class was awesome, and I ended up learning French. And then down the line, I meet one of my best friends, Jay Hart, straight from France, producer, and I I say some things to him in French, and he's like, oh, shit. Like, you know a little bit of French, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, can you teach me, you know, help me, you know what I'm saying? like, I want to get my shit back up. Like, so, and you guys you put out
1: a killer the- album together.
0: Yes, sir, that's my brother. So you don't know um, them tools are going to help you, man, and you're collecting them in your bag. And if you don't have those experiences, you never know.
1: Yeah. When you got back from that trip, what was, how long before you start? Like, what was the first book you, like, get me through, like, what was the, the first alchemy. book you read? Did you start writing the alchemy? What made you find that book?
0: I was already reading books, so I had like "Behold the Pale Horse." Mm-hmm. You know, I went through my info wars phase where I was like heavy on the government shit. Uh, yeah, everyone
1: time. and then it just takes over you can't you just have to I'm go like, away oh, from it's too it much. yeah it's too yeah. much like, <laughs> yeah i had a
0: best friend me and him would just study for hours if you're listening
1: josh day. my friend josh antwee you gotta stop you gotta stop you he's done <laughs> it's
0: too much man you got sometimes <laughs> you gotta just be like yo it's t- i remember being my best friend man at the time god bless him now his family being on a train and just arguing in front of everybody about bill clinton like we were on the train coming home from um somewhere and just having a yo man, he yo, plan was one of the best president. How do you know, man? He wasn't even you wasn't a kid. You don't know what he was doing. Do you know about Arkansas and all that? And we talking you know, on train and people just looking at us like like good kids just having conversations. We went to Occupy Wall Street, man.
1: Oh shit. You were in it.
0: Yeah, man. We went to that shit. That was like that was when the moment I was like, I'm off the government shit. Occupy Wall Street was like, I'm off the government shit. And I got into um, the free thinking shit. You know what I'm saying? Because government thinking is still grouping. You still yeah. running with ideas presented to you by others and building on those. Um, when we went to Occupy Wall Street dancing, so taking me down an ill journey. When we went to Occupy Wall Street peep this, i never been to World Trade. I'm from New York. 9-11 happened. I never went down there. I didn't want nothing to do with it, nothing. Occupy Wall Street, we went down there. It was my first time being down there. Now, we get down there. There's a gentleman, we're walking around like, oh, shit, this is crazy. Occupy Wall Street going on. We walk with the marchers. We're going through seeing people in the tents. Been sleeping out there for days. Um, It was... um. I'm gonna get back to the main topic, but I remember one moment walking with the marches and telling my man like, yo, look at the police. They don't give a fuck because we looking at like police laughing and taking pictures and we not, we not with the protesters, but we walking on the side of them with them. Like we not in there like, yeah, but we on the side. My man had his yeah. camera, taking pictures. So we just experiencing. and I'm telling them like, yo, look at the police not giving a fuck cause they laughing at them and stuff. So I'm like, yo, see, this is why I remember telling them, like, this is why money matters. Like, it's the only thing that matters to these people. is money. They don't care if you're black, brown. You got money, you good, bro." And as we say that, we walk by our office. The protest walks by, like, because it was walking by all through Wall Street. So mm-hmm. it's walking by an office with, like, floored glass ceilings. You can see in the office. I don't know what, like, I'm getting chilled, bro. I don't know what the... What was happening inside that office, bro, but they was popping champagne. Like, they were celebrating in the office. Business dudes, like, they, they had this, Damn. they was popping champagne. And the march is walking by. We, I'm looking in the shit, like, it was like slow motion. I'm walking by and I'm watching them, like, like it could be a movie, like, Leonardo DiCaprio type shit, just popping the yeah. body, like, pop. Ah. And they pulling it up, and we walking by. I'm like, "Oh shit!" And we kept walking by, and I'm just—it sunk. Yeah, I told my friend, "Like, yo, they made—they—they they making money right now, while they out here complaining." These dudes in it. I'm thinking that like this is crazy. So that's when I got off the government shit. I was like, "I'm gonna just learn." I got into free thinking, and um, that's when I started reading the alchemist. and um, I would go into the library, and I would just go into the class. I still do, um pre-COVID uh, you know um uh, now I just I've been buying books offline but um I go I'm a proud library card owner I go into the library and I go into the um classic section or um autobiography section and I stand in there just reading the titles that's how I came across that every book because nobody recommended these books to me I would just stand in there like like sneaker shopping. I'm a sneaker connoisseur. Like, you know, you got the vinyls behind you. Yeah. You know, Um. now we have this underground phase. You know what vinyl you want, but if you're a real vinyl head, you just going into the record sh- shop and you just looking. You know, the coolest covers are like the joints that make you buy. So I'm looking at the... Uh, they have I,
1: energy I, almost. They like called you, you know? Yeah. So I'm
0: looking at the... You know, I'll be going in there. I'm staring and I'm like, oh, Ernest Hemingway, uh, you know familiar with him like oh Malcolm Gladwell I like him too man I seen his TED talk you know I'm not picking them I'm just looking at them like oh Malcolm
1: this- Gladwell I've read uh, he's one of my favorites too he's one of
0: my favorites top three yeah he's awesome like even the way he talks and presents everything is amazing um shout out to him I'm like damn man um let's start with this one you know I grabbed the album it was the orange you know it said it Alchemist being one of my favorite producers you know I'm like I'm like oh man the Alchemist Alchemist I'm like let me get this one so I took it read it amazing you know I fell in love with it put it back went like oh man what else is in here you know this section got some heat you know right there I'm like oh man this section got some yeah. heat start grabbing everything man Fahrenheit 451 now, I read that, I'm like, oh, this is crazy, man. A, fire, a time where books are no longer allowed. That's what Fahrenheit 451 is about for the viewers. It's about a fireman. His job in the future is a, it's like a near distant future where firemen job are no longer to put out fires, but to burn, dispose of books. So they go around and just, if you have, they get a tip that you got books in your house, they go in your house and they, they burn the house down because you got books in it so that was ill to me you know the story of that and um yeah that, that was how, I, I don't want
1: to like yeah i don't want to go but with the fahrenheit 451 that's kind of like technology now or even if you go back to like martin luther making it so people could read the but it's like we don't know how to work that like we don't know how to read computers yet we don't know so whoever's controlling them It's like you seeing those people popping champagne while everyone's protesting. That's what they're doing in the Facebook offices and the fucking Google offices. They're fucking partying because they are the only ones who can read the Bible. You know what I mean? There's no Martin Luther yet to make it fucking easy for everyone to figure out.
0: Absolutely, man. Couldn't have said it better. We don't got the source yet.
1: Yeah. So So when were you, you... I'm sorry, you said Sam. the alchemist was your favorite producer at that time were you right were you writing throughout this time like were you were yeah, you rapping and stuff
0: definitely definitely writing and rapping and um um that's how i was able to create like my early like camouflage and bible those projects were like those were like me coming into like oh i could put knowledge in the music you know because mm-hmm. before we were rapping and i was um just talking like you know, I was talking shit, but it was no um, like I was talking about faith and shit, but there was no um, I had nothing to stand on. You know, it was just coming from the heart, like, but as I start gaining the knowledge and I start reading this shit, then I start being able to say shit like the flow dead, like the sea south of the Edomites. You know what I'm saying? Like I was able to, to transcribe things, you know what I'm saying, in the rhymes that have people like, ooh, but. I'm hitting like I'm trying to hit that top tier listener like the person who like
1: really is
0: listening like listens to Nas and listens to Pun and listens to Jay like for what this what the, you know what I'm saying like oh nah. yeah so I'm like yeah I'm able when as I start getting the knowledge I'm able to uh dictate the verses as as if parables like I could put them in and knowledge and mm. form you know what i'm saying because um,
1: you can listen to it or you can understand it and understand it. it's a but it's good because people who don't understand it would be mad if they did you know what i like i i'm a comedian i'm a stand-up comedian so when i think about that with comedy like there's a lot of comedians who are teaching you something but if you don't realize they're teaching you something then you're just laugh it off as a joke kind of like rappers like when i listen to ghost of abisu like fucking i'm learning shit but if i wasn't i'd just be like this is a great album you know yep
0: Yep. it's crazy man ghost just had that talk yesterday because ghost we were discussing the ghost albizu man and like just talking about it and i told him i said yo that's just we were able to provide knowledge with good music that's like you know how many people talk to me about yo i didn't know who al who al pedro pedro albizu campos was man like Yo, you made me go look, find out who he is. And I didn't, you know, they start breaking down to me who he is. Like, yo, man, a hard brag, you know what I'm saying? Got was a doctor. All. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, look into more of him, look into the people around him as well, you know. And they would be like, yo, man. do you want to
1: explain it? Do you want to explain the who he was?
0: Um, well, Pedro Albizu Campos, um, for the for you know just a quick breakdown was he was a puerto rican um independent freedom nationalist he was the leader of the party um he was a bright man brilliant man before he even became that he was already supposedly be praised before that even happened that just put the icing on the cake he was um a valedictorian of his class at harvard um went through racism, wasn't able to speak. One of the professors pulled the swindle on him. He was supposed to be the lead speaker of the class of that year, might've been like 1936 or something like that. Um, they pulled something on him because he was you know, dark. He was a darker Indian um, colored brother. And um, he didn't get to speak. He got into um, freedom fighting and rights for people through the Irish Nationalist Party. He was a fighter for the independent Irish Nationalist Party he helped them get a lot of rights to Irish people and from there um, a lot of corrupt things were going on in PR that led him to start getting into it and studying it and calling it out and um, starting the Nationalist Movement Party you know And I'm saying and he was around mm-hmm. with the Fred Hamptons and the Bobby Seals and the Hugh Newtons state, he was around he was doing the same shit. You know what I'm saying? Thugging it out. Um, convicted of trying to assassinate President Truman. You know what I'm saying? Sentenced to 40 years in federal prison. He died in prison. You know what I'm saying? He did some times in he did some time here in Brooklyn, Atlanta. Then they shipped him the PR to what uh federal a prison in Puerto Rico that still stands, but it was a slave house originally though, to house the slaves. And it's called La Princesa. So it's like a dungeon. It's not a you know what I'm saying. When we say prison, we're not talking about like a facility. We talking about like a dungeon. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. And um
1: with history, was, with bad history and energy there, too. Like that's energy. not.
0: And it wasn't just him, man. Anybody that was down with him or known to have um from 19, <clears throat> pardon me, man. Um my mind is a little uh, occupied right now. I think it's from oh, 1940 God. to 1948. The Puerto Rican flag was illegal. Might have been from like 1938 or 1940 to 1948. The Puerto Rican flag was completely illegal. Bam. Not allowed to have. Um, There's a Nobel Prize winner who was a Puerto Rican gentleman at that time. Nobel Peace Prize winner, Sam. That was sentenced to 25 years convicted for having a Puerto Rican flag in his house. You know what I'm saying? Um, Forgive me for forgetting your name, my ancestor. You know what I'm saying? There's even some dudes who are old men just coming home from that shit, bro. You know, it's on YouTube. You could catch some, you know, early, uh, like 2011 kind videos and stuff, 2010, of dudes that were just coming home from being a Puerto Rican nationalist, old men. Talking about their time without diesel so um, you know, it was a it was a bad situation, man. The government was different than same, but with a lot more firepower. Um, I don't even want to say that. I'm gonna be honest, it's still probably even stronger now. But they were yeah. ill back then. They were doing some ill shit, you know what I'm saying? You so, could hide it a
1: little bit easier then, it's you know. There
0: you go, know saying yeah, like it wasn't yeah. so. They was doing it like with with lawlessness, like you know what I'm saying. So um, yeah, they would. He was one of the illest dudes man a dope, dope 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 uh leader for his people his speeches if you watch him on youtube when he speaks you can hear the pain you know he was a um he wasn't a young man you know he was a well into his 30s his family you know they try to kill his family you know what i'm saying so he was standing up with everything else. you know what i'm saying he wasn't doing yeah. it like that. some young and then get a kid and fall back and like, you know I don't want no problem. He was up there. He was letting it happen. He was going to war. His team was going to war. The first time the U.S. ever bombed the territory was on Puerto Rico. You know what I'm saying? It was ill. It was warring with the U.S. For real, for real. And, yeah. Um, he was, a, he was the leader of that. So called cool. You know, they put the crown on him.
1: And you felt ready with that project to be able to speak how you felt like, you were right, like, like,
0: like you, you were said, saying, man, you to,
1: yeah, like, you like said you had said to get your house. You collect,
0: you collect all the tools and man, you collect mm-hmm. all the tools you need. I wasn't ready when the title came up. I was. Cause I had just came subconsciously. I think real time I was like, "Damn, this is going to be crazy. But I had just came back from PR. So I went to PR with static and, um, destroy and tony touch and fat joe we all went out there they crack had a show static was djing so i went with them um i spent my nems. i spent my time on the island on some native i didn't hang out i was with the locals mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying everywhere i went i wanted to but that was my idea for the trip you know because my wife was like yeah sure you know what i'm saying i Take your time. Go ahead, do your thing. I'm so I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be awesome. And this is one of my first trips with like Fat Joe. This is like my fir- one of my first times traveling with these guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited. But I I know myself. I'm telling myself, I'm preparing myself that um to to take advantage of the trip, like have a great time. Don't get caught up in the fact that you were Joe static. Don't try to be in static. Don't be on a body. Enjoy yourself have yourself a great time. And um, that's exactly what I did, bro. I was going to eat, was hanging out. You know, I was meeting the old heads and he was telling me a lot about the island, a lot, a lot, la. lot, a lot, um, Shout out to Destroy from the arsonist. He put me on to the um, war against old Puerto Ricans. He was on the flight. He was reading the book and he knows how I am. And, you know, he just looked at me. He tapped the book. He was like,
1: and this I is your still next have one
0: picture yeah. on the iPhone I'm talking to you on I have the picture because I took a picture of the book like he was like yo this is the one like you got to read this and I was like all right so I took a picture of it and um you know I didn't pick it up at that moment but I I was like learning man and I learned from him on the trip because he was also on his own experience and when we would meet up I would ask him you know he was going to hang out and um, he stood in a hotel by himself. So he was running. He was doing a lot of things. That I was like, Yo, so how you know how was it? He was like, Yo, I went to the, he went to the championship basketball game. You know what I'm saying? Like he was yeah. doing a bunch of dope things. That I'm like, Yo, how you know how's was the experience? He's like, Yo, I'm loving it. You know, it's amazing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, making me want to enjoy myself in the island. And as we got back, I obtained so much information and knowledge that I was excited to learn about. And um, when me and Ghost, when I was presented the opportunity to create the album, I guess as writers and as, you know, as a comedian, your material is like you might say it today, but it might be from last year. You know what I'm saying? you have really been yeah. working on it that whole time just to get this right moment to get the joke off. You know what I'm saying? To get mm-hmm. So that's often how I learned. I learned that a little while ago, too. Like the music you write doesn't have to be right now takes a little bit of time for super dope experiences cuz um yeah, a trauma has a negative effect on your body but there's also positive trauma that. You could go through some stuff that you like, oh, you got to let it settle in before you actually realize what just happened. The severity yeah. of so, you know, yo, yo, I was just in a room with Kevin Hart and Eddie Murphy and I said a joke and everybody laughed and they everybody's like, "Yo, what's your name, man?" I'm saying, "Buck." Come on, yeah, yeah you're going to go home on a whole nother high like oh and this might take a few weeks for you to totally put your head around what just happened you know what i'm saying like yeah and um that's what happened when i was presented the opportunity to write the project it was like damn man I, i'm i could finally let some of this out you know what i'm saying this stuff and um
1: well you said you had to get stuff right It like you had to figure out how to like be at home and sit like be personal like figure out your personal life do you think that is what helped you then be like get the music to where it is is be like all right now my personal life settled and my like my going out life my professional life
0: yeah a lot of the um i'm also excited to work with people too man i'm not gonna lie like um when go set the beats i was hyped to that I had a How
1: did you there. guys meet? Because Ghost is an amazing producer and you had maybe his best project of the year and that's, you Thanks know, he had man. some great that's projects.
0: A, that's a fact. Um, actually, uh, he posted something on Instagram. I've always been like a fan, like, and, you know, I've always been a supporter mm-hmm. um, as I am to many other guys. You know, I show love and hit the like button and stuff like that. And um, one day I, I he posted something and I might have commented or we might have commented on the same picture, like you know. as somebody, shout out to Ghosh. he's an artist as well. He's not a um rama, but a painter. Um, is a dude by um on Instagram by the name of Art by Ghosh. I've never met him, but he commented to both me and Ghost that he came up with the title. He said, "Yo, y'all should do a project called The Ghost of Albiezel." <laughs> so yo, when I read the comment, I you know, you could send, you could DM the picture. I, yeah. I DM like the picture that the comment was under the ghost. And as I went to write, I see the thoughts bubble. He was like, yo, I'm already on it. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I was like, yo, you see that, right? He's like, yo, that's yeah. a crazy title. That's amazing. Like, I'll cook something up. I got you. So from there, um, we've never met in the physical, but, um, that was like, our first mutual connection. Like it was always like him, like a picture. Or I like, but when I sent them the DM and I went to write, I was being cordial, like, hey man, what's going on? Like trying to get it all fast. Like, hey man, what's going on? And
1: yeah. he
0: already was like, yo, I seen it. Don't worry, I'm on it. That's ill. So I was like, all right, bet. And then from there, I'm um, saying I start doing a little more um, idea diving on the topic of who Al was. And listening mm-hmm. to his speeches and stuff, just so I could have certain um, bullet points. You know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah. How long did that take? How long did that take you to write that? To write them all? Do you sit down and you're a store? Like, do you you sit down and write? Yes, sir. Hand? Yes, sir. Yeah, you're yes, like sir, a store. I could tell when you said you did poetry. Like, I can tell that you're a writer. You know, just yeah. from how you. Fit. So, um, to write
0: the ghost projects, either awesome thing was ghost sent the body of work kind of like the songs weren't in the order but the, all the beats were there like the the mm-hmm. song like those 10 songs were the 10 beats he sang he sent any more any less they were just right there and um i was like oh shit reddit must have took me about um once i start listening and i hear I went over each beat, and I, I, and, like, once I knew each emotion, you know, I listened, and I was like, oh, I see, and then I listened to another one, and I was like, oh, all right, and once I got all that stuff in order, it took me maybe, like, um the process was, like, two weeks to write it and record it, because everything was pretty much, like, um a skeleton of what I felt, you know what I'm saying, of it could yes. sound like, like, I was like, oh, um once I heard danger, I already knew, like, you know I gotta go on it like this then I you know once I heard got a feeling I was like oh I could talk about my kids you know I'm always open to talk about being a dad so I was like oh I'm gonna talk about the family um once I heard spit you know I heard the the graffiti can in the beginning of it and the subway I knew I was gonna say oh, I'm gonna write my name like it sounded like so when I was yeah. like oh this got a, this is an this is me getting off like an MC right here this is fee being MC feed and then um you know so i was able to trinidad versus camacho it was like oh this is one of those i was like right, yeah. so i gotta attack this like and um, well I there's so many go, different
1: styles but they go they all work together like you you I had know told
0: go Sam that, um, i didn't want to make i was like yo please when you send me joints send me joints um don't send me you know i don't want to do that static same sound through a whole project. Not saying he does that, but I didn't want, like. like I, I didn't want him to think that's like. I was like, "Yo, send me joints that I could write to." Like, you know, I'm a, don't be afraid to send me no up tempo or like. Let's do everything you haven't sent to nobody. Send them to me. Like, so he was like, yeah. "I already." He's like, "I'm ready. I'm a fan of yours." He like, you know, because we don't. He doesn't contact with you. It's just straight text. So at first, it's kind of hard to convey the emotion or. Um, Mm -hmm. understanding of who we are, you know what I'm saying? So he's like, yo, trust me when I tell you, like, I rock with your music, man. I got you. Like, I know what I want you to do. I got you. So I was like, all right, cool, man. And I waited like a few months and he sent the batch and yo, man, it was like October of 2019. And I wrote that, joint in like maybe like November. I got the stems, the original stems. It was like we might have did it like a something
1: you know the 19th and then like
0: the next session was the 26th and it was done. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Like that's
1: I recorded that's crazy because that sound like it was meant you know that was meant to come together how it was because it came together so fast. Like if you spent more time on it it wouldn't have been you know it meant it was meant to come up
0: um he had it for the rest of the time, Sam, and he hadn't touched it from the way um, I realized I've come to realize he works is he puts everything in sequential order. Go, So he knew he had projects before mine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I turned it in so fast, he was like, yo, Feeb, I still got to drop this Conway. So give me some time. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, because I thought I would turn it in and they would be like, yo, we're going like, so he's yeah. like, yo, Feeb, I got so much stuff going on. You know, um my my next year is already lined up. You know, uh let me let me get to it. So he ha- I turned it in like I said, November 2019. He worked on it in August of 2020 because um I kept checking in. Yo, what's up? You know, I dropped fresh air, then I dropped the joint return. Um I had dropped all those it. are great albums. Thank you, bro. I had dropped Fentanyl flow in between there. He had hit me like, yo, we should get Joe," you know, like, so I was like, you know, August came and he was like, yo, I'm gonna take this whole month to work on the project. I got you. Like it's your month, your time is coming down. So I'm like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's about to be lit. And then I had just dropped those two projects. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be dope. I'm going to close the year with a um, ghost joint. and. He worked on it the entire august i got it back in september brother and it was what we hear today you know what i'm saying like what um, was oh, it I like recorded, for the project i recorded um i think i recorded um el my we we added el my
1: was. yeah and zoe was on the
0: first song zoe was one of the first oh
1: really? Yeah, oh, Zoe that's a great, man. I was going to ask you about that. That's yeah, a great Zoe song. Was that
0: batch, man. Zoe was in the original form of records and I had wrote it and I sent it to him, I sent it out. But Zoe was a song that I asked for him to like, yo, you when I was listening to it, I hadn't heard what he, he hadn't listened to it. I was studying it. Like I told you, I studied my stuff. So I'm like, yo, yeah. bro, Zoe didn't fit in what I had. You know the way I'm listening to it, I'm like, Yo, you mind if we take Zoe off? You know what I'm saying? And he's like, For real, this, that, and the third. So I'm like, Yeah, because in the sequence I'm trying to put together, I can't find a good place for it. Now, mind you, I added um, the skit, all the um, I added the two um, albizo skits. So when you hear them on the intro, and then when you hear the El Maestro when they're talking about them on the news, I added those. I found those, I was like, Yo. I got two joints I'm going to put on it. So those were there. Those are the only skits on it. So I hadn't heard. I was just hearing straight music. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm trying to find a place just for music. And I'm like, yo, Zoe doesn't work, man. Unfortunately, he's like, damn, that's one of my joints. And I'm like, Um, yeah, just hold on to it. You know what I'm saying? Just we'll figure it out. And I, never, I totally forgot about it because I just kept studying what I had. I took it off the playlist, and I just forgot I had did it. And he had sent me um two more beats that I didn't use, that I just had, but I have forgot I had those two. So um, he was like, because we were trying to get Joe on a record to get vocals, but when mm-hmm. the pandemic came, Joe was, you know, we I was on tour, I was on road with him, and I was getting him, I was playing on the project, he was blown away by, it. yeah, and um, then the pandemic happened, so. We was in Utah. We went to Canada and I played him the album. I played him the Ghost of Albizu music for him. Just no, no mm-hmm. skits, just music on the way back from Canada. He was crazy. He was like, yo, the skits I had, the, the Albizo doing the speech in the beginning, that shit was blowing them away. He was like, yo, you going crazy you going deep on this one and then the music you know he was like oh this is crazy like you taking a like it there was even a point where we pulled over we went to the bathroom and stuff we ordered food and like the rest stop and he's ordering food and he's like Oh, these damn thieves like you know that it stuck with him like so i'm reading them like oh yeah this is gonna be hard so i was on um i have told ghost we're gonna get him like yo we're gonna get him on the joint he already feeling it And then the pandemic came, and I couldn't get him in the studio. He was not leaving the house for nothing. And um, I'm blessed to have Joe, access to Joe. You know what I'm saying? I'm super grateful Mm -hmm. and humble. I don't ask him for anything. So being that I had told Ghost, I felt, like, obligated. Damn, I got it. And then I had dropped fentanyl flow, and Ghost hit me with, like, the emoji, like, (laughs) <laughs> and you're like wait no
1: no no no, <laughs> so I'm like, no that's no, the no, worst God, emoji to that. get you don't <laughs> want to get that emoji. yeah and like,
0: like, yeah. I, I had to explain like yo that record was you know I had that in the tuck already you know what I'm saying like yeah like, working on getting Joe trust me he's like I could kind of sense through the text where um he didn't give up but he felt confident in what he had that he was like yo even if we get him or not it's gonna be
1: Mm-hmm. Like, what i'm gonna
0: do to it is gonna be dope so i'm like nah nah he gonna get like i never let him give out. i was like nah i'm gonna get him like you bugging yeah. out bro you trying to tell me i can't get fat joe like you must not know like that kind of thing So he's, like, <laughs> he's like yeah don't worry about it you can't get him you know there's no big that deal. emoji so got
1: like, you yeah <laughs> yeah that
0: emoji. i'm like oh man so long story long man i end up um one day being on the phone with crack i'm in the my um, workspace putting merch together and we just talking and he's he's livid about you know what's going on in politics and stuff and he's going off on it you know he's talking this stuff and I'm like yo you see that energy you got right there Joe if you gave me that Yo, all I need is an intro chan I don't even need a verse no more like just give me a skip please crack he's like that's all you need I'm like yo you can hang up on me right now just send it please crack I need that you talking that <laughs> shit like that shit you're talking right now do that for our diesel he's like, all right, hang up. And he hung up. And I I put some merch together. I went to the supermarket. When I got walking back to the supermarket, my phone went off. I have two phones. I have an iPhone. I have a um, phone that's just like, I don't do media on it. It's just for family and stuff. I was waiting for it to come through on that phone. And now I didn't receive it. So I'm running errands. And I'm like, when I get back in the house, my iPhone was in the house under the Wi-Fi charging. And I check and it's the, voice note and it's joe and i'm like oh like, <laughs> I, I told said, you <laughs> i sent said this to ghost, yo, that's exactly what i did sent immediately like i emailed in the text and i put a lot of diamond emojis and i was like i told you i got him like and it's crazy because he was talking shit and ghost hit me back in the dm like you know separately from the email he's like yo you this is perfect like whatever we just had this took it up to 10 like and I'm like, oh yeah. man, this is amazing! I told you I was gonna get him. I was like, y'all I told you. And he's like, nah, he did. He did his thing. Like he was writing in the com- um comments, like yo, it was awesome. And then I had a session, maybe like a few nights after that. I was playing the album for a thousand words, and you know I had asked a thousand. I was like, yo, a thousand, you want to go in there and talk? And he's like, for real. He's like, yo, you got to come in with me because I don't usually. You know what I'm saying? So we yeah. went in the booth, we just, you know, smoking and you, uh, you could hear the camera, you can hear New Vegas taking pictures in the back on the skit. If you listen, you can hear like the up. <laughs> yeah. and he just talked and that's what it came out to, man. And that from there, just everything, um, you know, give thanks to Big Ghost and everybody that was a part of it. We were able to present a project to the people that, you know, people enjoy, man. And that's what we got ask for.
1: A great fucking project. Yeah. You always give. love. That's fun. Like a thousand shout out, thousand words. Shout out, Kip. He was actually on the last episode of this podcast. He lives ten Kip minutes is from. A
0: good dude. Shout out to Kip. Man. Yeah, shout r- out to all. Um, but... Wooster. you know
1: yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm from. I'm li- live ten minutes outside of Worcester or twenty oh, minutes. That's yeah, what's up, man.
0: That's what's but up.
1: um. But the, you you show a lot of love to the mass people. You have you know static. You got term. That's you my you know home, thousand man. words. Get, they the, they
0: the first yeah, city. Um, I performed in Wooster with Nems one time, and I performed in Cambridge in mass with Static and the Locks. Man, they you know they had me on the bill, so I got mad love when I went out there. I hung out in the crowd after I got off the stage, you know, cause I I'm not you know Mr. Popular or nothing. So when I got off the stage, I went. The Locks was performing, so I told Nems like Yo, I gotta watch the Locks from the i don't want yeah, to be on like stage that. with them yeah like it was my first time actually seeing them so i went into the crowd and as i'm in the crowd man everybody's showing me crazy love like you know when you perform this out-of-body experience as you know you get on stage you take off yeah. especially if you have a good night you just take off you're having fun
1: you have no you get off stage and you're like what the fuck just happened yeah
0: back in your body you know god snaps you back mm-hmm. and you're like people are like great fucking job man You're like what, what? yeah great job what i do like
1: you know it is I mean? a different so, high than anything else. You know what I mean. Nothing I've never, bro, man, I've
0: never experienced the adrenaline of having a good time or just being on stage, good or bad. If you have a fuck up night, you get off stage, and the focus you have is unmatched. Like yo, bro, I'm not never letting that happen again. You know, you what have I'm your saying? best
1: sets after your worst ones. You what? know what?
0: What the next stage? You're gonna be on fire, and even the best ones, man, when you killed it and you come off that shit the adrenaline has you like holy shit you actually snap into it you looking around you seeing people you know partying having a good time with you more now because they were they like oh man you just killed it you know what i'm saying and they now you're off the stage and you're just having a good time and everybody's like so it's like yeah man it's nothing like it so i got off the stage and i watched the locks man and that's exactly what it was brother i'll never forget it man everybody was like i had um uh, my brother-in-law and two other friends of mine, we had drove up and um we were just hanging out in the crowd and we were smoking, you know, as cause it's a legal state and we yeah. were smoking in the crowd and everybody's like, yo, man, yo, you killed it. And they they hung out with me and we hung out with them and we watching. They end up being a um a fire alarm went off, we all had to go outside, the whole venue had to go outside, everybody's passing weed around, talk statics outside, we all outside standing around, and the people are congregating with us, giving me weed, like, yo man, you didn't know weed is legal, and we all laughing, and it's like, so I had a great time, man, every time I go to Mass, it's always love, and even before that, I used to go to Lace um, with Buddha and Grand, shout out to Buddha and grands they used to perform like the they used to do like judging the beat battles and stuff and, and mm-hmm. uh mass and stuff. And they used to, I used to ride out there with them and get love. Uh I, you know, go visit the spots and just hang out. And it was always dope, man. Yeah.
1: What uh, what what do you have coming? What's what's your next step? I mean, you had a fucking killer 2020, are you taking a break? What what do you got? Yeah,
0: man, we're gonna drop more music. Um, you know, uh, I was just letting um Albezo Get all the praise it deserves, and let people get familiar. Yeah. That's like yeah.
1: a every. That's an album that every time you listen, you learn something new. You hear something different. Like Thank you, man. that's peace. You really like that came from your higher power. You know what Thank I you. mean? Like yeah, yeah, no, nah,
0: it is. I told yo, I say the same thing. All praise do. I was Al Beazle himself carrying it. And I think when you do something positive for the universe, like you said earlier, you alluded to when you ask of the universe, and it's. Of value to the universe, and it's gonna do what it do with it. And um, mm-hmm. we still pushing out these. Who knows where it's gonna go? It's only been two, three months. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, as it grows older with time, it'll get better and better and reach more people. Um, but coming to look forward to in 2021, um, I have a project with Eric Vanderslice titled "The Enigma Dolly." You know, that's great coming producer.
1: Out. He's a and fucking great, killer. Yeah. Great
0: producer. Um uh so I got two joints with Van The Slice. Vers- the first joint is Dolly, Enigma of Dolly, that's coming out through Cold mine and fat beats. Um, we're looking forward, you know, all praise Do. We could get that drop within the next few weeks if the announcements and all that should be coming. Um after that, I got another project. But um, you know, I like to walk in faith and keep everything aligned. So I won't put everything um out there too much, but just look forward to the Enigma Dolly by Band of Slice. You know you got Ghost of Albiezou out. You got From El Badio. Love is out. Fresh Air is out. I just put another project on my band camp that I took off so um the streaming services called Around My Way. It's my it's one of my earlier earlier projects. I'm sorry, Sam. You got me.
1: No problem. You're you're still here. Yeah.
0: Yes, sir. I'm gonna probably put it on social media platform soon. But, um I put it up for the band camp folks to kind of get a, um, a understanding of where I used to be as an artist and where I've grown and you know the familiar- familiarities of me if you know the consistency so I threw that up there and um just more music a lot more music I just wrote another project in the last week that I won't announce but I'm looking forward to that one too man the producers amazing guy he's from mass as well you know I'm saying? So oh, rich- yeah Shout out to him. And um, yeah, man, more music. Say I'm gonna keep going. And hopefully every the world will uh, um not be how it used to be we will move forward, but yet everyone will be able to once again enjoy uh live shows and shit. So we can hit the road and come see people and give them this good music that we're putting out.
1: Man, I gotta see you live when you come to Mass. And you know, it's I, I appreciate your. It was awesome talking to you, like seeing your drive. Like I knew from it and the music, but like to see like your passion, your drive, it's really awesome. And I can't wait to hear what else you have coming. And like, you know, I listen to your shit every day. You're like, I love your shit. Thank you. I can see you
0: got a good taste in music by the records you got behind (laughs) you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm happy to be one of those selected in your, your collection, man, for real.
1: I really appreciate you coming on. I really do. And uh, do you want to plug your social media and stuff?
0: Yeah, man. Follow me at UFOFEV. That's everywhere. UFOFEV. Add me on Spotify. Subscribe to my YouTube. That backslash UFO feed. Bandcamp. UFOfeed.bandcamp.com. Um. Thank you to you, Sam, for having me. Your producer. Your wonderful producer for being patient and understanding. Um. Uh, while I was getting the family ready, you know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, man, thank you for having me. I said we was going to do it, and here we are, brother.
1: Man, I really appreciate you. Thank you for everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace.